Hello everybody, my name is Dragus, and I am here with episode 3, but technically it's episode 2, of Paladins in Pauldrons. I am joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Lydia. Hello. And the wonderful, radical bastard that we all know and love, Redwood. Redwood Little Tree at your service. Alright, so, uh, in episode one, we hinted and expressly, uh, you know, displayed the sign of our next episode, being this episode, episode two, being about one of the most controversial and probably the hardest to discuss topics in all of uh, D&D. Inclusivity. Exactly. At all. Oh, and and inclusivity doesn't just mean you know racism, sexism, things like that. It, it, it also, means everything. Exactly. It means anything that isn't what you are must also be included, as well as what you are and what you're into. Acceptance for disability players, uh, fucking even even uh, neurodivergent players who might not be on the same wavelength as you. Uh, people who might have or speech pattern impediments, or, or people who might not fully have speak. memory problems. Exactly. Like... That's a big mm -hmm. one on my radar, because a lot of people like me on who are neurodivergent have significant issues with being able to remember things. Also, depression, one of the most common ailments among players of Dungeons & Dragons, has significant correlation with memory problems. That is true. I mean, inclusivity. How how do we how do we start it off? Uh, so I think the best way how to start it off is how D and D was first originally marketed. It was yeah. originally marketed for white males. Really, I mean, if we're going to be fucking honest, and no, on, on this podcast very, we tend to be not, not very accurate. To, to be very accurate and honest. It's not. It wasn't just white males. It was white upper class, white upper middle class males. Very yes. specifically. Let, let, let's get that specifically. Mid upper class. Yeah. yeah. White males, and I mean, it it was written so that it it wasn't just a class war. It was a race war, and everything hit. And you can actually see it in earlier editions and in some mid to later editions of D&D &D with how races were explained and written. Um, pri primarily, and this is, a, this is a really big target, orcs, half-orcs, and drow. Mm, yes. Um, uh, as we... Races... Coding is a thing. Yes, uh... And absolutely the way that orcs, half-orcs, and drow are descri described is... Yeah. Uh, as we said in our last episode, you know, how how the drow were explained, um, and how I I started out D&D thinking, and I, I have since then changed my thoughts radically on how how they did it. I, in fact, did a 180. Drow were originally written to be viewed as 
uh, people who of African descent who tended to be Jewish in their religion. They were the, the, the and in fact, how, how even they were portrayed as was Nazis. They, they were seen to be these evil creatures who sought to destroy everything and kill everyone. And it, I, I hate to say it, that, but that is honestly not how drow are supposed to be. Uh, orcs no. were written to be as African Americans. And half-orcs were, were meant to be... Uh, not, not just African-Americans. It was also a dig at Native Americans. I yeah. didn't know that part. So, oof. That, that, that no, hurts even more. They're kind of ahead of most tribal cultures. Actually, it was really a dig at tribal cultures in general. Yeah. Because the only tribal culture in D&D was the orcs, and they were violent savages with who would kill each other for no reason at all. Yeah, and, and I mean, even then, like describing how half orcs are, it was a dig on 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 half African American children. It it was just like, it, it, it was a dig on mixed race children in general. That was half elves. Oh, half elves almost more so in some cases. I mean, yeah, it just and and this kind of coded language in the way these things are described is not okay. No, it's it really not. It is something that has to be addressed. It's something that has to be dealt with. In my own campaign, I, I, I pretty much just went, no, the, the, the drow, as most people think of them, don't exist. I have cave elves. Cave elves are pale, translucent white, like a creature who's lived in a cave their entire life. Like they should you, be. Mm-hmm. If you don't live underground, you shouldn't be fucking dark as night. You, you should be fucking, like... Casper the fucking ghost, almost. Yeah. You, you should have... Like, uh... If you look at any kind of, like, cave spider, the way that they're translucent, and you can practically see through them in full daylight... It's almost like they have albinism. They... In, in a way. But it's not albinism. It is a lack of pigment. But it's not albinism. It's an evolved lack of pigment because they literally live in an environment where... Melanin is useless. Exactly. And I mean, the, the, the milky white eyes that they should have even. And it was never discussed that Drow had eyes like that. It was always, no, they are these piercing red eyes. It was like, but, but no, no, you don't, that's not how this, it's not how that works. Uh, I would, I would argue that actually, they might actually have red eyes, but they wouldn't be like some shining, piercing red. Well, unless maybe, unless maybe the way their dark vision works makes their eyes glow. But again, yeah. that would be like, it's not glowing red because they're evil, they're glowing red because they're literally red eyes that glow in the dark, like a cat. And I mean, it's just... And that's not even touching on on fucking. Uh, I, I on the, see them have oh. more of a bluish color eye, which is actually common in non-albinistic animals that have lack of pigmentation. Maybe I mean that doesn't even include, you know, the the elven dwarven fucking race war that you know is also keen in every D and D book. 
Like, it that's, is just... That's a whole laundry list of annoyances for me. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that... that that's not that's only just touching on the racism part. That's not touching on on the 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 sexism part. Oh god, especially in early editions. How how everything in it I mean, I, I know a few people who are, are are kind of guilty of this, but you know, it's it's all about how how we we as gamers were raised and how D&D originally started out. Like when when you think of a female warrior, who's the first character you, your mind goes to? Xena, warrior princess. What about Red Sonia? Don't know her. Wow. I'm younger than you and I know Red Sonia. That, that kind of hurts. I have a big gap in my childhood where I didn't watch any television. It's most of my childhood. It's it's fine. Uh, uh, the the stereotypical bikini chainmail armor kind of mm-hmm. character. Okay, no, I actively avoided those terrible stereotype shows because, like, I didn't even like I didn't like He Man because he was just too much of a bad masculine stereotype. He Man, I have the power. I'm sorry, but when you mention He Man, I can always hear that stupid music video. I have the power! Sure you do, Whitey, and you really don't need it anymore. But yeah. no, there's, there's that one stupid music. Oh! <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I mean, that that's just one example. Or, mm-hmm. or how or how every male in D&D is, is meant to be this butch man, and every female, even female orcs, look nothing like that. They look like the the suave, sexy, you know, temptress. And it's like, but that's that's not how that works. It's either everyone looks very similar and, you know, there are slight defining characteristics, but, you know, it doesn't just automatically change. That, that's oh that that really pisses me off how they explain it. Oh God. Uh, what's another one? Uh, I mean, yeah, those are really the big ones because it happens all uh, the time. Actually, one that gets me, and this is more of a GM thing. Don't tell your players what gender of characters they can and can't play. Mm-hmm. Oh. I remember in looking at some of the early editions stuff, like first, second edition, there were there were like gender based stat limits. I mean that that's still a that thing. that that's one of the things that I'm glad is gone in Pathfinder. Yeah, no, I'm very glad. Yeah, especially for the drow. That was oh, that's a big one. Mm-hmm. And, and class restrictions. There's a lot that that level restrictions in classes. Y- yes, like somehow the thousands of year old elf can't be as good at this as the ten, fifteen year old human. Yeah, 
Yeah. Wait, oh. what? It, it just... Ugh. There are some things that just make no sense in, in any RPG like that. And no, it, and anything that discourages players from playing some fantasy race is generally bad for the game. Yeah. I mean... It's, Hell, it's not an easy topic. GMs, I had second edition GMs who literally said, yeah, no, I don't abide by the racial freaking level cap. Yeah, that... That that was always something that re really pissed me off. And that's not Thaco. Ugh. But that's for another session of, of you know, this. But... How how do you how do you take these 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 things and and kind of you know reverse them and say look you know that's not how this actually is supposed to be that's not how it works how, how do you take take a game and a system that's been broken and been embedded in so many people's minds for so many years and fix it? Well, the, the, the very first thing is to address that there actually is a problem. Yeah. It's always the first step. Either admitting to or addressing the problem. Okay. So... The, the first step of addressing the problem is admitting that there is a problem. So, uh, I, guess, I guess this goes into, uh, I guess, the example time. You know, we, we pull up examples and, you know... We talk about how to fix them. Mm. Uh, one example, I mean, we, we touched upon this episode one and in, in how we as DMs kind of, you know, pull it off. Uh, the whole elven, dwarven race war, like, fuck you, you're an elf, fuck you, you're a dwarf. You, yeah. just, you just nix it and say, no, look, you know, certain clans hate each other because of X reasons and, and things like that. But sure, they it's might not be a, struggling a race or, thing. Or just nix race-based this race hates that race conflict entirely because it, yeah. it just it's nonsensical. I mean, it, like yeah. My, like, the way I put it, it's not a race-wide thing, it's a this clan did this shit to this clan. It doesn't even have to be clan, I would say. I mean, you could have a player who hates elves because their mother was killed by an elf. Exactly. I mean, you don't but have to do the entire race versus race thing. Right, and and you have and the that kind race. of thing will eventually change over time. Hopefully, for the character. Hopefully, I mean, I, I've had, I mean, I that, personally that, have had a character yeah. who's done that. As, as an element of character development, where they have, where they eventually plan to not have the character be like that, that's pretty cool and could be badass. But like, I really don't like characters who are just overtly racist. Insert freaking reason here. I don't care what your reason is. Have a personal vendetta against this elf, or maybe even this clan of elves, or something. But like, no, don't make you it don't a have full race. To hate all elves. I mean, I mean, you nothing can... gives you an excuse to hate all elves. I mean, you can work that way and go, look, you might hate all elves, and then you get bits of information that go, okay, it's in this region, so I hate elves from this region. Oh, but there are ten different clans, and oh, 
this guy is from this clan. Okay, so and you work that way, so that way. And then DM, it's down to like this specific family, and then it's like it's this person. Exactly. So yes, you can you can have technically, I guess, saying you can have a person who hates all elves, and then slowly come to realize but that it's not the DM, all elves. Try to help them work that way forward through the story to the point where they get past it. Exactly. Like there, there's so much Don't more. Don't let them stew in it for the whole campaign because that's just bad. It, it's bad for everyone. It. It drains players, it, it, it drains it, NPCs, it, it drains it, you. It, it, it detracts from most players' enjoyment of the game, and it especially makes those who are of minority groups feel like that is not a welcoming place mm-hmm. for them. Exactly. And, and, I mean, even even with sexism, because in, in D&D, oh, boy. It, it falls down to, it turned into a male-oriented game. Mm-hmm. And males of every race have joined together to play this game. And it was very rare to see a female player. Nowadays, you know, female players are, are kind of coming out more and more. Uh, a little here, a little there, you know. Things like that. And and I, as someone with 25 years of experience, I love seeing ladies at my table. I mean, it, it's I, I love it because... Go ahead. This game is made better by having more inclusivity, having more people at the table who are different from other people at the table. Oh yeah, and I mean it's it's hard not to enjoy that. You know, having having a fresh new outlook of, well, you know, we don't have to kill everything. No, you're right, we don't, but we don't always have to talk to everything either. Versus, and I mean, I I know I can't I can speak for me in previous groups. Uh. You know, the the sexism that goes on. Oh, you're a woman and you play D&D? You don't know what you're doing? Here, let me help you. No, you don't want uh, that. You want to build this way. No, yeah, I've, we, I've had the case of the DM talking down to me. I, Not fun. Yeah, I was there for that that one. Yeah, no, thank you for kicking in from your game. I mean, that's, that's my job. Look, D&D is about, you know, everyone coming together. And D&D... There, there, there's a lot of jokes you make. One of them is, in D&D, there's no such thing as racism, sexism, or fucking classism. Why? Because as a group, you have a fucking... Let's say you have a dragonborn fucking rogue. You're not going to tell him he can't be a rogue. You're, you're going to look at him and go, Okay, you're a very scary rogue. You could have a fucking uh, gnome barbarian who, who runs around and just chops the ankles off of everyone. Hell, you could you could have, and, and I love this one. I love this one. An you orc paladin. Yes, orc paladin. Oh, that a really good thing, especially since the orcish culture is supposed to be very honor based. It, it makes sense for an orc to be a paladin. Exactly, but it doesn't play like that with a lot of DMs for that reason. Mm-hmm. And then, and, and they're not open to new ideas. They don't like what they're comfortable with being challenged, and that's a bad thing. It is, and that brings me up to the point of, and I, I've had a few players, and I, I know a few stories about this, of LGBTQ members, and being included and excluded. You know, there there are there are honest stories, there are horror stories. Um, I have a few friends who are who are part of the community, and you know, 
that they came out in game and, you know, you take them off to the side and you explain, hey, look, you know, not everyone's going to be accepting, you know, I still care about you, I still want you to have fun, the minute someone, you know, says something or does something, let me know, because I would rather have someone who has an open mind, who's not a bigoted asshole in there. And I, I mean, having having those those kinds of players who bring a gay character, yeah, it doesn't change the story much, and it brings a fresh light. But that one asshole goes, "Your character can't be gay. You're a man." Yes, he can. That's a thing that happens. Deal with it. Or your your character's a woman. You can't love women. It's a, he can. It's a thing. You watch you watch you watch uh, two girls have sex. Yeah. So that's gay porn. No, gay porn is too got no. Gay porn is two members of the same gender having sex. You can't bitch about it if you want it. Deal with it. Or or Actually, that 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 that's another thing. There we go. Uh, so uh, inclusivity for sex workers. Oh yeah, that's that's a whole nother that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> yeah, well, several conversations, but yeah, yeah, and, and or oh, and I, I have almost snapped people's necks for this one. Uh, when you, when you, how much did I miss? Uh, oh, you, you dropped on us. I, yes, my internet kind of pooped out for a moment. Uh, we were talking about LGBTQ members and how they they play yeah. uh, homosexual characters and how some people don't like it. Uh, just as we're oh, right about God. to get to the best part, that player mm-hmm. who is not the gender they play as, and that one asshole who goes, "You're you can't play that. That's not your gender." I've been told oh, that by uh, yeah. Oh, that is. Makes me want to throw a table. Oh, we we all want to throw tables. I'm 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 straight up. Gonna pull a a a a Farrah Tinker Smith and just lock my foot to the floor and throw a desk at somebody. Yeah, I mean, this is D and D where you can play your fucking fantasy think, of anything. I think that is my. I think that voices my frustration on them enough. Yeah, I mean, it, I I I know it's a hard subject, especially for some people because, um, certain certain. Things you know, and I'm not going to make assumptions. I'm not going to say anything about a lot of people. Um, I know I have a few friends who were in the closet, and then you know, in D and D, they they like to use that as their escape to you know have everyone call them their preferred gender, you know, and not have that happen. And the one time someone said, "You're a dude. You can't play a woman," uh, in front of me about my friend. Uh, well, uh, they almost, they almost lost a lot of feeling in a lot of their bodies. <laughs> you I, and I will commend you for that. Good. I, 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 uh, I have left tables because people at the table have been told that they can't play a character that's not their real life gender. And I have thrown people off my table for trying to pull that shit too. It's... It's a hard subject, and, and, you know, I know this is going to make a lot of our listeners uncomfortable, you know. At this point, well, you know, if you guys I haven't left, some you of know. Them. I don't know about a lot of them. Well, this day and age seems to be a lot more accepting than our forebears. Thankfully. Thankfully, that is that's true. good. 
And for those of you who, you know, haven't clicked off, you know, I really do want to thank you and commend you. And you guys are thinking of leaving, you know, messages and comments about, well, you guys, you guys don't know any better. You guys are, are young and, and old and you guys don't know what the fuck you're talking about. I am in my uh, mid-20s. I know exactly what the fuck I'm talking about. I have been doing this fight for fucking years. I even went off on my own father for pulling this shit. Red is a, a good 10 years older than me and has been doing the same thing. Except he didn't call off his father. He, as he said, has told other GMs off. Then there's Lydia. I'm not going to tell Lydia's story. That's up to Lydia. But... I, for a fact, if you think we don't know what the fuck we're talking about, I can tell you for a fact we do. We have each lived through part of this. We have each had to stop certain things from this. Yes. Yes, that is... Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And it, ooh, If you're gonna be that asshole who, who tries to pull that shit, please... Turn in your dice, Please. turn in your books, stop playing any RPG, go, go take Just a fucking go. cactus make, and go fuck yourself. You're making people uncomfortable. Please. <laughs> we, yeah. We have enough problems in the community and we have been trying to fix them and having someone like you in the community doesn't make it better. There are hundreds of horror stories of people like you and I will be damned if I let some fucker like you at my table or run a game for me because this is an escape oh, i want an oh, escape i don't want to deal with that shit deal, dealing 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 with 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 bigots is the closest thing i have to a day job this is my this is my day off yeah. You guys, really, and for those of you who, who don't, you know, aren't bigoted, aren't sexist, aren't racist, please keep it up. Please, take those players we appreciate you. who... who Doing a good job. Take, take the people who want to learn to better themselves. If you have the patience to teach someone to be better, please do. Yeah, like, if you're going to be a bigot and stay bigoted, we don't need you. If you want to learn to be better, please, wait, learn to wait, be better. Wait. Stay. Learn. Ask players, you know, hey, I don't know how to play this off. Play, play if you're a guy, play that non-sexualized female character. Be, be that <laughs> badass fucking woman who goes in and saves the guy. Be the one who breaks the stereotype. If you're going to be the bard, don't be that suave, schmoozing asshole. Play the bard who just goes, nah, man, I'm in for the music. I want to just play and music. the bard who's married and is working to get money for their family. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Play the married bard. That's a that's something you don't see. It's a, it's always the, the I'm a bard who's, you know, on I'm the I'm the bard who is responsible for the majority of racial templates. That mm. is what we see. I mean, there's a way to play the schmoo the schmoozer, and there's a way to be not an asshole about it. There 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 are several ways to play it and several ways not to play it. You you gotta play it smart and you gotta play it safe. Cause it doesn't 
it doesn't end well. Also, sexualized role play in any game requires full consent from all players. It is a, even... Consent is key. Yes, that, that, that is been a mantra that I've had for a long time. If they're not happy with it, and you don't ask beforehand, don't do it. Even the DM, and, even the DM, you have to ask them. And if you're a DM yeah. who just forces it on people, turn just turn in your fuck. binders. You're done. Don't don't play it, please. We don't no. Go we don't, away. We don't need that in the game. No Go one away. wants that. There are tons of horror stories of DMs doing this, and yes. no one likes that. And I have been a part of the start of a campaign that did that with Lydia, and that did not end well for the DM. It did not end well. In fact, that DM lost a lot of players and has been kicked out of several games for that. And the thing is, it wasn't even with me. It was with a part, another player who I was friends with. And I left because it felt eerie, and I told her about it, and she left because she pissed. A lot of people would believe Deservedly that. so. If I'd been there, I would have left too. Wait, you're doing what? I'm good. Here's my dice. Here's my here's my sheets. Here, bye-bye. I mean, and the worst part is, and I know this is this is one of those stories that not a lot of people would like to hear. The worst part is, this exact DM is probably the most put-down person in terms of the real world. They, they are of a, a group of people who literally have been the most abused. And I, I, I looked and I went, you're really going to do that? You're going to... Is this a sick fucking power fantasy for you, dude? Like, please, don't just be that guy. Even though, yes, you have been abused and, you know, you you, you have all these problems, but don't take it out on players. Just because, just because you've had a bad time is, an excuse, is not an excuse to give everyone else a bad time. And, yeah. look, I'm not going to skirt around when I say this. As, 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 and... This was a person I once called a friend, and I thought of them as a very interesting person. They were, uh, the best way how to put it, and the best way to describe it, because they actually said it themselves, they were a, a black Hasidic Jew. The most oppressed people in one person. And they they took their their game world to a sexual fantasy almost. It was... No, you're a woman. You can't do that. No, you're a woman. You have to be this. No, you have to be that. No, you have to be that. Yeah. Granted, D and D, yes, it works great when you have an ounce of realism and you you know make ties to the real world, like we did with languages in episode one. But there's a moment when you go, all right, no more realism. We are down to fantasy because. Um. Tell, tell me thing, Go ahead. Those sexist stereotypes aren't even realistic, and that's the worst part of it. Yeah, I mean, when you tell a female player, no, your character can't be that, because that's not how that would go, I, you because kind of lose interest. Gender, 
it, it's like, nope, done. I'm, I'm good. I'm taking my dice and I'm going to Man, F home. The worst, the worst part about this DM was talk down to female players and then talk normally to other players. Uh, yeah, ooh, there, there's... There's so much. And if you brought anything that wasn't what they wanted to the table, that was it. It was, no, you're wrong. And I, I know a few of our listeners might know exactly who this is, you know. Look, we don't we mm -hmm. don't name names. We don't say a lot of shit, you know. Because... We're not here to sick people on people. Yeah. And... Oh, when we get to D&D &D horror stories, I won't be sharing my worst one because it's too recognizable. To the people who are a part of it. Yeah, there there are plenty of horror yeah. stories that you know all, all of us can say. Some of us were the causes of it and didn't mean to be. Some of us were members who just got dragged into it. And in my case, I just don't want to risk those people who broke me for a good couple of years coming back. Yeah, and you know this is this is a podcast of safety and inclusivity you know we want you guys to feel welcome to you know share your stories and you know I, I would love to read a couple of these even on air and just go look guys you know the, these are stories from new players you know these aren't just us old farts coming around and saying no this is a story this is a thing that happens you know don't do it because uh, i i've seen plenty plenty of people pick up and leave a table because they just, it was not a good fit for them. And, I mean, I, I know a few tables myself that I had to leave because it was just, don't, don't remove your morals just so you can have fun. Stick to your morals, guys, because showing people that you have Go morals. Stick to your guns. Yeah, like. Do not let up on them if they're going to be a problem. It, it's it's really hard to do it, and I know I know being alone when you do it is probably the hardest thing. But yes. getting getting everyone together and saying no, look, we don't want this in that community. We're done with that in the community. Will say a lot. It, it will show that you know. Nothing cannot be overpowered. We can change D&D &D for the better. We can change it from being that overtly racist not, and sexist not game. Not just D&D, &D, but all TTRPGs. Yeah. Uh, every RPG we can fix to be that. Like, e even even those online ones, guys. We can, we can turn any RPG into something that's normal. Something that everyone can be okay with. Something where everyone is welcome as long as they're willing to welcome everyone. And please, you know, don't be that person who goes, oh, you're a female player? Oh, that's so cool. You know, let me teach you. They probably know more about the damn game than you do. And mm -hmm. if they, even if they don't, they want help, they'll ask. Exactly. Don't just assume they're weak. You know, that that's one thing. You know, have, having a female player who knows 
a lot about the game or has people who they can ask about the game and go, hey, look, you know, I want to do X, Y, and Z. And in, in fact, Lydia has introduced me to someone who, you know, rivals Red in my knowledge of RPGs. And I've went and asked them, I'm like, hey, you know, I've been thinking about this. What do you think about this? And it's honestly quite, quite beautiful. I've even asked Lydia, you know, hey, what do you think of X build? And I've gotten several messages about, don't do that. You're going to be a dumbass. Don't do that. Why? It's broken. Don't do that. Okay. <laughs> or don't do that. You're going to drop an anvil on the party. And I, I, I myself have, you know, done the same with Lydia. It's, you know, don't do that. You know, that, that can end up really broken. I've seen that play before. It's it's all about, you know, taking taking everyone and going, all right, you know, we're a group, you know, we all play, you know. You, you can have that, that one trans kid who's who's still not out to their family, you know, playing when, when they're uh, assigned male at birth, you know, and they're actually female and they're playing the, the female warrior who's more badass than the male. Let them do that because it makes them true to who they are. It makes them feel like themselves. Or, or even if they're playing a quiet, demure female who's bookish and just enjoys reading. Whatever they're playing, let them play the character they want to play. Whatever reason they have for wanting to play it. You don't need to know why somebody wants to play a character that isn't exactly the same as their physical body. Exactly. I mean... You never know why someone wants to play a character. Hell, I, I myself have played female characters. And mm -hmm. I, I am a, a cis man. I am totally fine with who I am. I like my body. But sometimes trying to understand how someone else thinks, how someone else acts, really helps you understand to build a better character, to become a better player. Maybe understanding why uh, a certain member of your party said or did something that way in character makes sense. It's not just about understanding. It's about putting yourselves in their shoes. Yes. Being uncomfortable with something means you're willing to learn. Means you're willing to take it and go, you know what? I can I can learn from this. I can make more advancements in myself and you know help other players who are uncomfortable become more comfortable with how this goes. Like uh 5e just added uh wheelchairs for the disabled so you could have an entire new adventure now. And and we I mean we haven't even talked I about disabilities. That's a pretty interesting idea. My own world, I have uh, Magitech prosthetics. They're actually a very impressive magic item, too. Yeah, they're honestly fucking amazing. Now I'm going to flip a table after launching it. What? I flip the table, and I launch it at the bad guy. <laughs> oh, that was, that's a proud moment on my part. R slash hold up. 
<laughs> I mean, if only I managed to actually hit the bad guy. Yeah, hit him and do no damage. Yeah, that was. Yeah, it still would have been but just even more satisfying. Oh, it, it was smacking with the face with a fucking desk. Oh, it would have been fucking not, terrible. Not like it's not like a student desk, but a big mahogany teacher's desk. Yeah, the the we're in school. The teacher has this desk and there's shit on it. And oh my god, you just hit him. I mean. <laughs> Even D&D, you know, they, they have all these drawbacks for being deaf, blind, mute. But they never have any advantages to them. It's always a drawback. Like, if you're blind, you should have bonuses to perception on hearing. You should, or you get the blind sense feat. Things like that. You should, you should be allowed to pick, like, but you, like, if you're a monk, you should be allowed to gain tremor sense if you're blind. I mean... I, Luckily, no one in my campaign has has played a disabled character yet, and I'm waiting for the day that someone says, I want to play, you know, a blind monk. I mean, it, oh, okay. I can't wait for that. I cannot wait for that day. Yeah. Or, or, or the deaf sorcerer. Personally, I would love to play a blind monk, but do the aesthetic mage thing and be an earth school wizard. I mean, that's honestly probably one of the okay, best things to do. Here, so, yeah. so you want, you want to play Toph Bayfong? Basically, that is what her build is, essentially. Oh, I so mean, she's more a sorcerer. This is... There are so many ways to play that. But it's so cool. I mean, you, I wouldn't even play a sorcerer. I would play a Wujin. The, the Earth School Wujin. Hmm. I, I mean, you get... Move Earth as one of your spells instantly. And you just go, thump. Oh, shit. There's all... Yeah. I actually had a player in, in one of my campaigns do that. He was playing a, a Earth School monk. And and, and I, I love... I love Don to death for this one. Because he, he took... He took his own personal history and he kind of went you know what i want to play a character that does this he was playing a swahili style of that i, I said you know what fuck it i'll give you swahili as a free language fuck it enjoy that dude because it adds more character mm -hmm. and if he portrayed that well good on him oh he he did it beautifully and i i i, I love the way he still plays in fact i actually have his character and in, in my campaign, I, I, I would love to admit that you guys actually will be meeting him at one point. Because he's just such a, an amazing character, and I hate to not do him justice by by continuing him. You know, yeah. I mean, th there are characters that, e even even as someone who's not that race, that gender, that, that kind of person, you look and you go, look, I've seen this person play it. As I, I can't play it the exact same way, but I can play it very similar. And, and you know, you mean zero disrespect by that? And you say, I mean, hey, there's, look, there's no way to meet the original. No, there's no way. But just being like, hey, look, you know, I'm not of this. You know, I understand about as much as I was told on how this works. I'm doing it that way. 
I mean, even play, and we touched on this uh, last episode, playing this a stereotype. That that don't do that. Don't do not. That do is it. that is doing that kind of thing wrong. Let's say you you're playing a, a Hispanic bard. Yeah, you can you can say you know you're a mariachi member. And, and, you know, someone who has Hispanic family members, you know, doing that, yeah, every once in a while, it's funny if people know who you are and they know, you know, your background and everyone knows every little thing that you go, hey, look, you know, I'm not doing this to be disrespectful. I'm just simply, you know, doing it because it was an interesting concept I thought of and, you know, I can grito as well as any fucking other person in my family or or pe- people like Shane in our group, who is Hispanic, doing that. Because, it's, hey, look, it's, it's my culture, you know. And everyone laughs and goes, yeah, that's, that's cool, you know, that I never would have thought of that, that, you know, it's not overtly racist. But at the same time, you know, it's, it's a stereotype, but it's also culture appropriation, you know. Bringing it into the world and going, hey, look, this is the way to make it appropriate. Big thing with just culture in general is understand the culture that you are trying to portray. Please. If you don't understand it, can't do it enough justice to or, not make it look bad. Or, I mean, e- even if you don't understand it, learn about the culture so you can do it better. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, on it. Uh, I mean, I I have several Japanese friends, and I've started to slowly learn, because I I myself am a... I have done the stereotypical samurai build. Well, you talk like this, and you make very bad, bad joke. I'm human. We're all all infallible. We do stupid shit. Fallible, infallible is the one where you don't make mistakes. My bad. It's it's no human is infallible. I mean, humans are infallible at one thing. That's being fallible. I mean, I I I personally have fucked up, you know, and I did that, and you know, when uh, when you know certain friends of mine found out, they went, dude, I'm not that, but you know, that's really fucked up. Don't do that. Like, if you do that in my house, dude, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. I did it once. And the guy looked at me and he went, bye. Mm-hmm. And I, I I apologized profusely the next day as I thought about it. And I went, you know, he did say that. And man, that really was fucked up. So I dropped the accent. I learned a lot more about the culture and went, oh, wow, I really was being an asshole. Here, uh, I fixed it, you know, I would like to apologize. And I, I went over to his house the next day and I went, hey, look, I I was an asshole, I'm sorry. Um, you know, I, I'd like to, to I, I, ask I for redemption. I figuring out how much of an asshole I was. Oh, it was like, mm-hmm. oh, it was like eight hours and I learned, and it made more sense, and I became a better person for it. Yeah, we all we all like to make those jokes, like you know, that's how samurais talk, and that's what they do. 
No, there's a whole culture no, around no, it. It's not. The accent yeah, is because yeah, they try is. to speak English. You know, there there's a whole mm-hmm. other world world that you know you don't know about. And uh-huh. I, I think that actually helps tie in with our, our last episode about language and how you know it ties into being inclusive. You know, very much so. There, there, there are accents that you really shouldn't use because all they are is bad, yeah. destructive stereotypes. You know I mean? Yeah. Even even having certain players who English is not their first language, you know, you got to sit there and wait for them. You know, sometimes you help them and say, hey, look, you know, what word are you looking for? Like, explain it. Sometimes even in, uh, a buddy of mine well, when I was in college, you know, English was not his first language. He, he came from Guatemala, and while I, I didn't understand the Guatemalan lingo for, for Spanish, you know, I, I spoke enough Spanish that certain words would be said, and I would go, okay, hold on, you know, let me try and find the correct English word or something very close or phrase and do that and try and explain and sometimes it worked sometimes it was you know there there's no phrase for that so i mean doing that sometimes even helps and it helps a lot more with players so they learn you know i might not be able to speak english great but you know having someone who can help me learn and understand and become you know this this better player and sometimes that's actually how people learn another language. They play a game in that language. Yeah. It, there's inclusivity. It, it, there's so much that you as a, a DM, a player, a GM, whatever you want to call yourself, wherever you're at, have to look at and go, okay, how do I how do I make this player feel more comfortable coming in? Exactly. How, how, do, how do I tie this in? Like how can I help make them feel comfortable? The most more important. And I know in I know in 13 Chains, I do this a lot because, you know. I'm playing something way out of my comfort zone that mm-hmm. I wanted to try and see how I felt because, you know, I'm still questioning certain things about myself and, you know, D&D gives me a place to do it. Playing Alex, you know, as as someone whose gender is not known to people and, and I, I think last session I maybe had to correct people twice, maybe three times. About it's yeah, not it's... he or she, it's them, it's they, it's yep. them, and there's that, there's name confusion in the same game, but yeah, exactly. I mean, bringing several characters in, you know, there's a lot several, to it. Several faces can cause that. And, I mean, there's there's things you know we don't want to spoil because. There, there's plenty of storylines, and in and in Thirteen Change, you guys can see everything we talk about on this podcast, from having different languages as a character that fit your backstory into having having 
the, these inclusive fucking moments where, um, like I said, you know, there, there were several times, uh, in our last session that people went, oh, well, when referring to my character, Alex, he, I, and I stopped at him and went, they, remember guys, it's they, you guys don't know their gender yet. No one's questioned it. No one said anything. And granted, you know, it, in and in and out of character conversations are very different. And when two people, you know, have a conversation about another character, you know, Alex can't be there to say it's they. I haven't told you guys my gender. So it, it's taking that. And then on the other hand, um, I think one of our players is playing a female. No, no. Because Corin, yeah, no, no, D-Man, no, D-Man is playing Shezzy, who is a, a female rat folk. D-Man is probably the, the, the straightest, whitest guy I know, who is definitely not playing a straight white man. And, I mean, there, there's, there's so many different things that it, it's, playing someone that's not who you are makes it so much better because it's just watching it going man oh this is how people actually feel i don't like that feeling i want to change that and taking some of the logic you get in game and applying it to the real world works wonders because dealing with that sexist asshole who tells you that you're a woman you can't be a fighter really fucks with you and then you mm -hmm. go off and you show them that, no, I can fight. I can kill them. I'm a better fighter than you ever will be. Is honestly one of the most rewarding things. Well, they force you to be a wizard and you still stab the opponent to death with a dagger. Yeah, exactly. That has not happened to me, but that is a good example of something that can happen to piss them off at oh. the end. I mean, there, there's so much you can talk about. Red, you want to weigh in on this too? Or, or have we just left you speechless with the correct amount of words we've been saying. Uh-oh, did we lose him? Oh, no. Yeah, it wouldn't be I'm the bar. Oh. Well, do you want to weigh in on, on uh, any of this? No, not really. I, I, you, you seem to have it quite handily in hand. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, doing a lot of the speaking, but it's just it's... That's okay. Uh, I mean, I practically dominated the language episode. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it happens. I mean, there, there, there are so many problems with the world and with the game that having the two of them together sometimes, it really hurts. And, and again, a lot of us use games as an escape. So, you know, having real world problems come in, guys and gals and non-binary pals. It, it sometimes it just doesn't make the game fun anymore. And I mean, yeah, like we said, you know, having that one pseudo racist character who hates a specific group of people because of their backstory who ends up learning that it's only one specific person and working towards that and finding that it, it's always it's always interesting. But being that one guy who just hates everyone and everything because they're not me. Uh, I don't like them because of that. I, I've had a player play that kind oh, of God. character. They literally made 
me feel nauseous thinking oh, about it. But... Oh, it, it. The worst part was, it was in 5e. And I, I'm not a player of 5e, guys. I've played maybe three games, and and one of them was so I, shitty I, I, I couldn't do it. I played precisely zero 5th edition. Oh, good. I played a bunch of it, and God. That's, I'm just going to leave it at that. Oh, so let me tell you the story about Ubermensch. Yes, that was the character's fucking name. Yeah, that was not a, a pleasant conversation. Uh, he was a human paladin who hated every race if they weren't human. Why? Because not being human is right. Played and I shit you not. I fucking shit you not. This is the same guy. And uh, if you're listening to this, I love you, buddy. I'm not mad at you. I hated the character concept. Very different. Uh, in fact, this is the same guy who I was talking to you guys about who I want to bring in to explain the 4E concept in, in this conversation. A, a, a straight white male. Upper middle class. So the, the literal target group for D&D playing this kind of character. And yeah. <clears throat> we're both following the oath of Vengeance or something stupid. So it was it was like the oath of oath of righteousness or whatever. And we both had this. We both followed Heronius. So that that was even funnier. I'm playing a dragon. A, oh god, I'm about to have a. You guys are about to laugh at me for this one. I was playing a copper dragonborn paladin soldier. Okay. Yes, I was a real copper. And I've never removed my helmet in game. I never made show that I was anything other than a man who liked to provide justice to the law. There. The minute I pulled off my helmet, after several adventures with, with Uber, he looked at me and went, You're a fucking dragonborn? We share... Oh, fuck no. And he attempted to kill my character. Wow. I looked at the DM and I went... Are, are, is he fucking serious? As the rest of the party looked at him and went... Dude, you didn't know? And honestly, it was a very different campaign after that. I Yeah, I bet. I looked at the guy and I went, look, you know, we are still brothers in arms, you know. I've done nothing wrong to you. Why do you hate me as so? And he's like, you're fucking dragonborn. That's why. You're not human. No, but I am half. You are not human. Okay. And th th oh, I, this was uh the, the Rise of Tiamat, too. The fucking bog standard box set. So that that, that makes it so much worse, you know. Being the only dragonborn in a party, and everyone hates you. Yeah, that was not fun. As the rest of the party was completely fine with it. And it just... <laughs> it was terrible. It really was. It, 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 yeah. It, it really hurt. And I mean... It... I'll go into a similar note. Honestly, kind of a warning sign I picked up, honestly. What the hell? I had a DM. I was joining a Curse of Strahd game. 
because I never played the module. Oh, the moment he starts spouting off Christian shit, I'm like, yeah, I'm out of it. And I mean, look, I'm not going to discourage, you know, Christianity like, and D&D, but don't be that overly I'm not guy. against that entirely. It's just that he was talking shit like dropping the D&D pantheon. That, hmm. Some, some DMs do that, and, you know, I don't discourage it, but, you know... It's just... If you're, if you're gonna play something that doesn't include a lot of views for other people, please, don't play it, because it, there's not just Christianity in the world. There's mm -hmm. really not. And it, it's... And if another player says, hey, look, you know... I want to follow someone who's not on, on the, the Pantheon. Don't just shy it away. Like, sometimes introducing a new god into the system, they might not be a powerful god. But it's honestly fun. Because then... Actually, I think a great example of that is uh, uh, the fact that in uh, my Thursday campaign, uh, where I'm doing the... Uh, Curse of the Crimson Throne AP for Pathfinder. I have somebody who who follows Regathiel, who is a lesser known angelic being who has enough strength to have divine rank enough to grant spells and such as per a deity. I mean, and one of my characters is a worshiper of this and. It actually came to be a really interesting piece of something that came in that wasn't part of the normal campaign, where they managed to call on their deity by a lucky roll, and because their deity of vengeance, and they were seeking vengeance because of the the nature of what goes on in the first part of the plot of that of that of that adventure path. And it, it even brought a couple characters who follow other guys to go, oh man. Your god does that too? That's so fucking cool. Like I, my character who is, is a god who, who follows a god of justice and, you know, retribution and, and rebirth and, you know, renewing themselves. Looked mm -hmm. at that and went, oh man, revenge? Well, technically that is a form of justice. You know what? I, I, I like your god. You know, I will accept them. You know, can you teach me a little bit more? You know, and it just—it's not. No, that just, was great to watch. Oh, it was fucking hysterical to watch. That—that—that—that that, that, that brings me to another thing. Uh, the idea of a personal pantheon where somebody doesn't just worship one god, but actually worships a bunch of gods who all have similar views to what that character is about, whether they're an NPC or a PC. Exactly. Even to the degree, I've considered opening up the idea of allowing players to have to be clerics of more than one deity. In fact, actually, as, as a cleric, they even say related or allied. Yeah, they even say for clerics, you don't have to follow one god. You can follow a view, a, a single view, and you can still gain your power because you are following a a righteous or immoral cause depending on which style of cleric you want to go one, one, one of my favorite things is is that I actually really like the healing domain 
but I like doing that also with the travel domain. And to get a cleric of the healing and travel domains, I'll take a cleric who follows both Saren Ray and uh, Caden Kalian, and therefore, ha or, or Saren Ray and, and Desna. And because both of those have the travel domain, and then because they follow both of these deities, they get one of the domains from each of their gods. And then I get the cleric with the domains I want. Yeah, I mean, every time I've played a cleric, I have specifically told my DM, look, I don't follow a specific god, I follow the pantheon. Well, you can't do it. Actually, it says right here. I don't have to follow a specific god. I can follow a pantheon. As long as I stay within the, my ideal views, I still have my powers. I'm following this because I, I personally am not religious. I, I, I don't see all that. I, I don't believe it. I understand that it's there, no, and there's a whole thing yeah. for that. I think, I think, that, I think that could be said for most of us here. We are particularly. I'm 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 a very spiritual individual, but yeah. spiritualism is a personal practice, not a social or 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 Even institutional practice. thing. Exactly. And and playing a cleric who does that, a lot of DMs hate that because it's no, you can't do that. Actually, it says in the rules I can't. And and when you do that, and just following your own code and creed, you get to mm. see a lot more. And then, on the opposite hand, playing a cleric who follows a specific deity, or someone who follows and worships a specific deity, it's just as fun. Because you have those guidelines. You don't have to make your own. And you go, look, I have to do this, this, and this, and this is how I redeem myself. So if, I, if my character does die, you know, and I, I can't be brought back, I can, you know, go into, you know, my God's realm and say, hey, look, I did what I was supposed to do. I did my job. I mean, it's it's honestly, it's two sides of a very, very similar coin that is oh so refreshing. <coughs> and it's just, it's honestly wonderful playing, playing both sides. Even, even playing... You know, the male character, the male character as, as a female, seeing what it's like to you know be accepted and all that—that's fucking cool. And on the other hand, being a male who plays a female PC, it's 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 hard, and you know, it, it can really fuck with you. But on the same on the same hand, it can be very rewarding. Uh, I, I think this is the time when we we talk about, um, I guess, disabilities and and, and uh, neurodivergence in mm. D and D, and how to start including that. Uh, I know we touched upon blindness, deafness, and being mute uh, earlier, and and you know ideas to combat that, uh, but. How how do how do you as a, a a DM you know 
take a player who, who might not have those vocal skills or those those visual skills to to um you know how do you include them into playing hmm honestly i'm going to read on this one cuz i haven't had a lot of experience in that department Right, Red. How do you how do you deal with uh, those kinds of players who who don't have maybe the same the same physical skills that you do? Physical skills? Question mark. Uh, they might be hard of hearing, deaf, mute, blind, uh, the, things like that. <clears throat> I I on a on a case by case basis, providing what accommodations are necessary for them to. To, to be able to play the game if it's a player who's got issues. Um, uh, in the case of a player wanting to play a character, like there are rules for most disabilities in the game already. Okay. And what about if that player is, uh, you know, deaf or mute, you know? How do, how do you... Well, like I said, whatever accommodations are necessary. I don't know how to put it other than that. Uh, would you write things out in some cases? I mean, do you learn, in some cases, ASL? To case and... by case. Whatever accommodations are necessary. And it's probably whatever the thing about it, really. Take a case by case. You really don't know what you're going to be dealing with ahead of time most of the time, unless you're told. That is, that actually is true. I didn't think about that. I, I mean, I, I have played with uh, a couple blind players before, and it was, okay, hey, read this off of my sheet. Oh, yeah, shit, I forgot. I mean, they, they could do a lot of the roles themselves, and they could do all the math, but it was it was one of those, oh, yeah, I forgot. I have to read shit. And mm -hmm. it, it, I guess, you know, we we as people who don't have these disabilities take it for granted sometimes. Yeah. I, I guess, you know, lear learning, you know, certain things and having new skills, like being able to learn ASL from a deaf or hard of hearing or even a mute player sometimes. It honestly pretty cool. Because, I mean... You get these new yeah. skills, and then you can, you know, you can include more players, and and build these worlds, and then suddenly, you know, you have an adventure going. That that you know, suddenly you're not you're not just talking and saying you know the room is filled with this. You're signing these these long extravagant sentences, and and people are starting to see it. It's honestly beautiful. So, so how do you deal with a character, I guess, that um, has has these these disabilities? I guess the best way to do it is, uh, it's like in the, I guess the best way to put it. Let's go with the example of the blind Earth monk I came up with there for a second. All right. Let's say they were allowed tremor sense that would extend as they level. You could play off of their senses by saying something is triggering their tremor sense, 
that the party isn't noticing. I mean, as someone who is partially blind, I I can tell you my hearing has gone fucking to extreme measures to the point where I can hear when electricity is going. There is a subtle buzz, almost like a crackle. I can tell you when cars are coming down the street a good 15 to 30 seconds before they're on their way. And giving someone blind sense or even even better hearing, like, sure, you can't make, you know, spot checks or perception checks uh, on visual things, but you can do it off they of listening. Listen, they can feel. I mean... And, like, in the sense of the trap and the concept of the tremor sense, they're feeling instead of seeing. Yeah. There, like, there's so their ability to recognize their party members is mostly based on sound and how they walk. Yeah. I mean, everyone does have a different step. Even even people who try to copy your step oh. have a very, it's a very different feel. Yeah, like you no, they would, I would give them a bonus in that case against disguises. Someone who's pretending to be someone they know, they have a bonus to discern if that person is them. Yeah. Honestly, that would be really useful in some cases. Uh, okay, so we've covered the blind part, but what about what about the deaf part? You know, how do you how do you work with a deaf character? I mean, it's harder for them to be a, a spellcaster. That is true. There is arcane spell failure applied to that because they have a difficult time normally. Yeah. I'd honestly, I'd make it possible for them to train into specialized feet or even a trait that lets them lessen or completely negate that eventually, because they're feeling what they're pronouncing rather than hearing it. I mean, I, I wouldn't even go so far as to say paper. mental spells. Start including feats that allow them to start doing mental actions to cast yeah. the spells instead of, you know, you know that's actually fair. Like, and that also applies to a mute cast. Yeah, so... use the power of thought to cast for verbal components. I mean, it would be harder, you know, to cast with your it thoughts. Probably... I, I would say, you know, there 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 should be like a role to see how accurate yeah, your spell level. is. Maybe a caster level check or concentration. I mean, keeping concentration will be better because that goes up a little better. Yeah, actually, that would be because you would be trying to focus on the exact you know way the spell works and how you want it and casting it this correct way. But you'll get to make those concentration checks for free when casting. Oh, definitely, and then you know you you get the one asshole who's next to you who tries to stab you, and then that's another one on top of that. Yeah. That that would be a very interesting way how to go about it, yeah. Uh, th- then I guess we get, in, in, instead of, uh, you know, th- those disabilities, which are very common, uh, characters who have missing limbs. Missing an hmm. arm, a hand, a leg, a foot. Um, Red's got that covered pretty well. I mean... Prostheses, yeah, and I believe actually there Never. are some in in regular. Yeah, no, Five E did introduce some of them. 
I, I think even before five E, there were there were some yeah. things like bone graphs and skin graphs and things like that that you mm -hmm. could do. Yeah, um, yeah, no, necromancers could easily apply like a skeletal graft to someone who yeah. lost an arm. I mean, things like that. I mean, there's there are great examples uh, of real world people. Uh, there there was a warrior. I forget his name. It was Alex, I think, or Alexander. Um, he had a metal hand. That was so tough that it could hold a sword and not be, you know, disarmed. But it was just as gentle that it could pluck a flower or hold a quill and still write. Mm -hmm. I mean, things like that are so... They're never included. And it really hurts, you know. Because not everyone, you know, has a perfectly functioning body. Not everyone, you know, has has those those wonderful times where they can say, "Yeah, my body works fine. I have both hands, both arms, and things like that." So I mean, adding prosthetics. How do you go about it? Well, let's yeah. say you have a game that doesn't have prosthetics. How do you go about it? Do you incur that they have a slight movement penalty? Do you make it extremely expensive? Do you make them affordable? Like, how do you, how do you balance it so a player doesn't feel like well, they're totally fucked, but not totally, not you know, bonus? That's a difficult one. One way I would use it. So let's say, because I like the concept of the symbionts that were introduced in older editions. Oh yeah, forgot. Let's say a player loses their arm, but they encounter one and they can deal with it. It could become their new arm. Yeah, it could. They could deal with a new creature, or let's say they're a warlock. They could make a deal with their patron who grants them an arm that is befitting of the patron's nature. A druid could easily replace their arm with living wood. I mean, they, they could yeah, also replace it with brine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There are so many ways that you could in include them. And it, mm -hmm. it just like it, hell in Pathfinder. There is the Golem Fist Magus. Oh, they are a Magus who either has lost an arm or has replaced an arm with a Golem arm, and uses it as their weapon. I mean, I, I know there's the the um, the construct that uh, you can do that you can uh, apply to your body. There are those two. Oh yeah, that's, that's why I was like, oh, that's fucking cool. <laughs> I mean, there there are so many so many different things, and it's it's honestly hysterical. Um, wow, that that's that actually works a lot. I mean, would you allow them to be? Um, would you allow them to be enchantable? Like, if someone's playing a monk with a prosthetic hand, would you allow them to enchant that hand? I mean, depending on the material, if it could be masterworked, yes. Like, if they're using some really cheap material, I'd say probably not. But let's say they have a really well-made arm. Yes. Um, Something that could I, easily I be worked. 
I, without a breaking. I, I personally, when I do golem arms, I do it more as they can be upgraded like a construct limb. That too. Depending on, like, say they're a mage. Or say they have a mage in the party who's like, hey, I can enchant that arm for you. I mean, I, I haven't had that happen yet, and I haven't had anyone lose any limbs in my games yet, so that it's honestly, seeing it now kind of gives me interesting ideas now, guys. Yeah, that, that's the point of the game, is, is just what new and interesting things can we bring into our world? I mean, it's not just the point of the game, it's the point of the podcast, you know, we want to we want to help everyone, you know, get to that moment of, oh, shit, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, all right, time, time for the fun one. Neurodivergence and players who, you know, Ooh. don't have those those wonderful, wonderful memories, you know, that aren't perfect and, you know, aren't predictable. How do you deal with it? I'm not sure to write on this one is experience over mine. Again, I've been doing this for a few weeks now. And you're doing wonderful. But I don't have quite the experience or the, I look back at this and I'm like, hey, this makes sense. I'm going to remember this in case of this kind of question. And Red seems to have a lot of good ideas on this part. So red, how do how how would you deal with the neurodivergence of uh, players? Uh oh. Come on. Yep, yep. It's exactly like I thought. We lost him. He's dead. No, we've lost him. Wouldn't be a podcast if it didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't be. Uh, yeah. It's just coming. I I think we can you know. <laughs> oh, now he's there. Hello, Red. Well, you didn't say anything when I... we asked you about the neurodivergence problem. Oh, I didn't even hear that. I must have dropped for a second, and it just dropped, put me back in the call. I guess so. We heard you laughing. It was like, all right. So, so how how would you take care of uh, a player not having the most, you know, perfect memory? Honestly, one of my best things that I've found to do is to find a player who is willing to be the party notekeeper, basically a secretary of sorts, to keep notes for the whole group because they're good at get, taking notes and reminding people of the things they need to know. <laughs> Okay. And and while telling, <clears throat> while reminding people to take notes themselves is helpful to a degree. There are people who have difficulty being able to take notes. Mm-hmm. I struggle with that. I struggle with it terribly. It's very difficult for me. I can't. 
I can't speak and write or hear and write or hear and speak at the same time. My language center of my brain can do one function at a time. I mean, there's a reason my game is streamed. It's so I can look back on the on the archives of like, okay, this is this, meaning I need to keep this accurate for next session. Right. I'm not going to say I keep perfect notes, you know. I, I am very fallible when it comes to notes. I, I can't do notes perfectly. And... Um, honestly, as a general rule, as a GM, I also will generally remind players. Like, I, honestly, one thing I thought about was just like having a memory check. Where if you as the GM know the player should know something and they don't remember it, but their character might, just roll a d20 and add their intelligence modifier. If it rolls higher than a 10, tell them what they should have remembered. Because the character yeah. remembered it, even if they didn't. There's a reason I do history checks for memory. Yeah, I, I guess I, having I, it I, do I that helps too people works. a lot. I, mean, I found it to be increasingly helpful to let people roll for their memory to see how accurate it is. Mm-hmm. And, and a, a character with an intelligence above of 12 or more has a well above human intellect, and specifically intelligence speaks to being memory. A character yeah. with a 12 or more intelligence should have a better-than-human-average memory. Who be loose? Red. As soon as you said that, it was... Ah. Sometimes I worry. I can't tell if it was the internet or something else going to assume it was an internet that, that happens all the time i mean I, I, he is right though oh there wait oh i'm dropping like a freaking drop dropping dropping it like it's hot i swear it's like it's like they yeah. they don't want you to they don't want you to give your message Maybe it's maybe it's because it will upset some some certain groups of people. Oh fuck those people! This, this yeah. you know, we Fair we enough. want people to <laughs> learn. We want people to become better because we as a society do not grow until we better ourselves as people. And I mean, just. But you, you were saying, you know, the, the better than average human intelligence and uh, rolling. Uh, like, any character who has 12 or more intelligence is significantly above human average intellect and should have yeah. a significantly above human average memory as well. Which, using a knowledge skill like history, benefits that. Uh, history or local could be good. Um... And knowledge checks in general. Yep. And in lieu of a knowledge check, an intelligence check, if they don't have the knowledge related. And knowledge asking players to take knowledge checks 
for things they don't even realize why they're taking knowledge checks for is also a great way to do other kinds of checks. Or if you want them to do a a a uh, a sense motive on something, but you don't want them to know that you're telling them a sense motive, have them roll a perception check and know the difference between their perception and their sense motive and adjust it because it's the same stat. Exactly. So they're like, oh, I'm looking for something, when actually you're having them do a sense motive on a character who was doing something in the room, see if they noticed this person was doing something shady. Because they might have the skills, and their character might have the skills and wisdom to do that, even though the player doesn't have the forethought to think like that. Yes. Yeah, I mean... And teaching them these kinds of places and things to watch for to do that allows them to play that character better as well. I mean, I, I can, I have some information on that one, especially as a, in, in you know, Lydia's game, 13 Chains. Uh, you guys will hear us talk about that game a lot. Uh, you know, I, I'm playing the, the kind of information gatherer, the information specialist. You know, nothing comes without a price. I need to know everything about everyone. Kind of a style and, and you know, it, it, it sometimes I, I do forget, you know, there are, there are a few things that, you know, I have personally forgotten that I went back and I actually had to watch the VODs to, to double check or that Lydia has reminded me of. And that Honestly, I, I feel mercifully grateful for the oddity of my memory where something like a game like this, I will remember most of the most important details mm -hmm. for a very long time for years to come. Mercifully, it's the one place where my memory actually somewhat excels some of the time. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a blessing and a curse. What's that really important phone number I need to remember? I don't know, but I do remember what that character did, you know, five years ago. <laughs> I, I, I still remember which spell it was that I have a lingering hatred for because... My very first character got hit by it by the very first BVEG we ran into. Was it a Gorgon's, you know, stare? No, it was uh, Charm Person. Oh, that, uh, everyone loves and hates Charm Person. You love it when it's on your side, you hate it when it's not. Generally, I, 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 uh, I have come to the conclusion that the GM badly misplayed how the Charm Person works. Most do. That's why I use Dominate Person. Dominate Person. Oh, God, a spell yeah. to make your Charm friends person. hate you. Charm Person, you can't command them to attack their allies. Nope. Charm Person only goes, hey, you're my friend. You don't want to hurt me. Yeah. Dominate Person, on the other hand. <sighs> Dominate Person is the worst. Just be glad I haven't introduced vampires yet. You oh, guys God. would be fucked up. Hell, then again, if you introduce vampires to us at this level, we'd be dead. <laughs> well, most people would be dead. Some of us would go... Nope. Yeah, um... Yes, yes, master. I will do what you say. Stab. Oh, fuck. He's dead. Yeah. 
Oops. Uh, the joke is, and then and then some of us are the crazy priest who's gonna like the vampire's gonna be like, I'm Vaughn the suck, you know, I'm gonna put the I'm not stop putting the holy water down my throat. Exactly. Who who need who needs oil and fire when Darvan and Alex are in the case? Darvan, plus plus my blade and put holy water on it. Why? I'm stabbing him. You're doing plus what? I'm stabbing As him. Blade is blessed. Give him the stabs. Murder time. What do you mean murder time? You're a lowly human. Stabity stab stab stabity stab stab stab. Hold I up. give it you life that you may enjoy the sweet embrace of death. It, it Lay would... on hand. Oh man, it's <laughs> just it would literally be a moment of Doravan, uh, hold my sword. I'm killing him with my fists. Pummel, pummel, pummel. <laughs> Stop hitting me! Not until you submit! No! Pummel, pummel, pummel. Okay, ow! Dorvan, hand me my sword. Oh, oh, you're done? No. Stab. That's how you include everything. Well, no, no, the, the, the hilarity is when Dorvan goes, no, no, watch this, and goes, lay on hands, punch. Lay on hands, punch. Lay on hands, punch. <sighs> Yeah, it would be great. And 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 and, and the poor poor vampires just like <laughs> so. I guess that can help segue into um, you know, going from one hard topic in, into a lighthearted story. Uh, probably something very hard. Uh, to to you know, bring up uh as you know, uh, DMs and players. Uh, how do you bring up uh, the, the, the LGBTQ groups and those who want to play um, transgender characters or, or cross-dressers and things like that? How, how do you not make uh, it that, I, I... you know, problem that everyone likes to say that they are? By not being an asshole. Honestly, if a player has an issue with it, the fact that they will exist in my world and they run across them, screw them. And I, th I think we're all in that moment, you know. It's... We get it, guys and gals and non-binary pals. You know... It's something new that's been coming up, you know, that's been talked about a lot. Actually, I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions about the LGBTQ experience. It's nothing new. Mm-hmm. None of this is new. New as in All it's become more... Old as you know, human... You know, it's... No. Actually, the not showing these things and these things not being a part of the culture is actually the new thing. Because before that, it, everybody did it. Tribal cultures embraced their non-binary individuals and those who were born in the wrong skin and were a man born to, yeah. who was in their nature a woman. And these things were recognized, accepted, and a part of many cultures. And it often in cultures were considered holy people. It's true. Uh, the... the uh... 
don't remember if it was the Navajo or not. There, there was a, a one I, group I of indigenous people. There is more people. than one Native American group who has a term for something similar to spirit, uh, where it it's was... a person who is born Oho, gender, I remember. or of either gender. What now? I believe it was Oho, or, or something along those lines. I might be mispronouncing, and if I am, you know, apologies. It's, it's not something I, I really tried to pronounce very very much because it was never something that came up a lot in conversations uh but it, it was one person who represented both genders uh they it was that in between yeah. the intersex almost mm. not not intersex because that too was recognized and is a completely other thing entirely and also that is another group that in ancient times was commonly seen as a spiritual crossover and therefore would have wondrous and great spiritual powers. Yeah. Like, become a person who was of more than one gender was seen as someone who had great sacred potential. And yet, despite this, most people stayed to one or the other gender that they were born to. But a portion, interestingly... The same proportion that seemed to be coming out in the modern day as more people come out, we're reaching the proportion of people that used to be the, of these groups in ancient tribal time, as far as we can tell. I mean, even then, even the Greeks were very open about it because it just, it worked. Well, and, and seeing that, you know, the, everyone goes, the, the Greeks weren't Greeks, that gay. Well, honestly, honestly, the Greeks were closeted compared to some of the more ancient tribal groups. True, but I mean, everyone always compares the Greeks to going, oh no, the Greeks weren't gay. Yes, they were. They, they were probably... Well, culture was much more embracing of gay, and it was actually, like, having sex with other men was actually normalized in Greek culture. It was something that most men did. Exactly. Why wouldn't a man be attracted to the masculine? It was almost as if, you know, who knows you better, a woman or a man? Right. I mean, it's... And these things happen in D&D, you know, these character love stories, you know. You'll meet two characters who, who might be male and, you know, they might have a friendship. It might develop into something more at a time. And, and again, you know, we reiterate. And, 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 and another thing that bothers me is the number of historical references to uh, couples of same-sex couples as friends when the stories about them very clearly describe a very, very, very Different. gay couple. Yeah. I mean, again, we, we reiterate on the podcast, you know, if you guys are going to have, you know, NSFW stuff, and that includes, you know, relationships, you know, make sure everyone's okay with it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like especially the consensual out a bunch of stuff, you can, if both players are still good with it, go to the DMs after later. I mean, yeah, I mean, I I, I actually have a, a very wonderful, uh, the, the first game I ran, uh, my buddy Ted, actually, who will be joining us uh, on this podcast, actually. Uh, he he and I are, are, we're very open, you know. We are a wonderful, wonderful set of friends who, you know, understand that, you know, you're not gay, 
but you know how to play the gay character, kind of a thing. Um, and we're comfortable with our own sexuality, and it doesn't bother us that the character we're playing would have different interests than our own. Exactly. We know who we are. We've already looked into who we are. Even, even, Unless you've it's looked not even interesting. In and understand yourself, you can't even know if you truly know yourself to be it's, able to know if you can make a choice about that. Exactly. And, and it wasn't even, you know, we have different interests. It was, we can even play, you know, different genders. And uh, on on this, this one uh, session... You know, I was, you know, he, he has this one NPC now that he's slowly starting to bring along and train and help, you know, develop into this wonderful character. In in the next uh, game we played, which was his session, I ended up taking up a protege. Now, this protege is... Very different from me. I, I uh, in Ted's game, I'm playing a half dragon sorcerer, a, a a half elf, half dragon, all fucking fire and brimstone, and I will come upon you and your lands and destroy you if you fucking touch me. Kind of character. It, it's almost a specialty of what I do, uh, playing that kind of character. And this character is this gnome. This this young female gnome who's just starting to make her way out and we're, we're getting into role play and, and it's, it's very very you know different and we start going through and i say one thing and something along the lines of oh yeah you really think that your short ass could come up here and, and kiss these gracious lips these these <laughs> dragon Lips, you you think you could get that close to touching perfection? And Ted gets up, and we we when we could meet in person, you know, not due to uh, the virus, we we tended to get a little physical as a DM sometimes, you know, in our group. It was very, all right, I'm going to get up. He got up, walked over to me as I, I'm kind of bouncing on my feet, just you know doing my thing, and he, and I, I will never forget this, and, and to this day, we still make jokes, he lifts up my chin, and goes, darling, if I wanted to, I could kill you with a kiss, and, and we are inches from each other, and his wife is right there, looking at, and the rest of our group is looking at us going, Holy shit, these guys, I mean, are they going to fucking kiss? Are they going to, holy sh oh god, that, wow. Now, I won't lie, before you go too far, this reminds me of one thing. Oh? Have you seen the D&D &D meme where the guy's bard is like, I seduce the bartender, and the DM's like, go on then, seduce me. me. I've seen that one. <laughs> that um, was great, isn't it? Oh, it's hysterical. And, and but the, the worst part was... I wholly expected Ted to fucking kiss me. I was waiting for it. I'm like, he's going to fucking kiss me. Now, Ted is about two, two and a half times my age. He's known me since I was in fucking Swaddlers. So seeing this man come up, and we're both very, we are, we are not the most masculine of men, but we, we know how to 
do shit and we get it done. And when it gets to that point where even two people are like, I don't know if he's going to kiss me and I'm going to slap him or he's going to kiss me and I'm going to lift my leg up and like it. <laughs> and if I do that, you know, if I kiss him back, how's that going to work? And it takes that moment that as a, a person you're going, is this me being sexual or is this my character? And, and sometimes that line blurs. Right. It's, or you're it's, like, Wow. <laughs> I mean, I'm having a out there. I'm just going to quote Road to El Dorado. Both, both, both is good. I mean, yeah. And honestly, having a character like that, <laughs> where that moment that happens. In a while. Oh, exactly. And having having me as a player get put into that situation where a DM is looking at me like that. I'm going, I don't, uh... am I turned on by this? <laughs> am I physically turned on by this or not? Am, am, am I aroused right now? Oh shit, I think I might be aroused right now. What the fuck is going on here? I, I mean, and, and Ted, if, if you hear this at one point, you know, trust me, I'm not mad you didn't kiss me, and I'm not mad if you, I wouldn't be mad if you did. It was more of a, huh, shit, well, I should have gotten kissed. I should have. I swear to fucking God, I should have been kissed. <laughs> Because to this day, we still make a joke about it. And I I, I love Ted to death as a DM. He, he has created a, a wonderful world, and I, I cannot wait till I can play a Munchalar the Fiery once more and Spitfire and Brimstone. But remember, remember guys, gals, not binary pals. Double check. With your players. Double check with your DM. Make sure it is okay. And, you know, there might be moments when you think it's okay, and then you go to make a move, and suddenly it's like, whoa, whoa, okay, I'm, I thought it, I thought it was cool. I'm good. I'm not. It happens. Consent is key. No means no. Yes. No means no. Remember that. And if... If one of your party and members goes to write gay fanfic, on. don't do I it. Think, I think more than more than no means no, nothing but yes means yes. Exactly. That's even better. If it's not yes, it's a no. And if you know someone wants to, uh, I know, I know, in uh, thirteen chains we have uh, Jawa's uh, player token who who in another campaign wanted to write gay fan fiction of two characters and both of us went you know maybe and and red even went uh i would prefer no fan fictions of my world yet let's wait <laughs> and i mean it, exactly it, it happens and you know sometimes there's more than two parties sometimes there's three sometimes there's five sometimes there's the entire cast of your group so I'll always check with people. I mean, e even with a podcast, you know, I always double check with people, you know, hey, you, you want to be on this episode? You know, you, you guys are consenting. You know, I have written agreements and I have verbal agreements with everyone. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you can never be too careful because you want to make sure everyone's okay with something. Like e even before we go live, you know, 
we always talk about the topics we're going to talk about and certain parts that we want to touch upon. And if certain people aren't okay with it, you know, we tr we try not to glance over it, but we try not to make it uncomfortable for everyone. And it it, it can be a lot to process, you know. These these are not easy topics to talk about, but I mean that's the entire point. These aren't easy topics. And skirting over them doesn't make it easier. It just avoids it and makes it worse. So, talk about it. Have a discussion. You know, don't just argue with people. Say, no, you're fucking wrong. Sit there and go, okay, look, here's why you're wrong. And here it is explained out step by step so you can understand. Be an adult about it. You know, even though some of you guys might be not, not you know, legal adults and you guys might not be, you know, old enough, but. But if, if you want to be seen as an intelligent and mature individual, being accepting and respectful is the best way to be, go about that. Yeah. Act like just an asshole who won't be accepting of anything. People are going to look at you and be like, you know, I don't want you at my table. Uh, there, there's well, a saying, give no shit, but take none. Yes. Sure, Ooh. sure, you could play that character who who is an asshole. Everyone likes to play that character every once in a while. But like, don't be, be that asshole. Don't be that asshole, and honestly, the best assholes are the redeemable assholes. Yeah, like, if you play an evil character, don't just be evil for the sake of evil. No, 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 no. Play it so it's not known that you're evil. Don't just do evil for evil's sake. Have a method. Do it that way. And, and alignment and playing evil characters is another another you know episode for later that we have. But you know, don't don't just argue for argument's sake with people. Some people will not change. That's fact. They will not change because they don't want to change. Don't yeah. be that person. Be the person who wants to sit there and go, hey, look, I fucked up. I'm sorry. Let me know how I can fix it. You know, be the bigger person. Explain to people, hey, look, you know, this is not a, a comfortable topic. You know, please don't talk about that. Or even, hey, look, what you said about this kind of thing was wrong. You know, can, can, you, can you fix how you say it or how you approach it? You know. Don't just take shit lying down. Um, I honestly don't know where else to go from there or, or what else to say on that because it, it it's not something, you know, we can tell you what to say. It's something you have to figure out for yourself. And the key is to listen to what people are telling you. Exactly. Especially the people who are directly affected by what you're saying and doing. Exactly. Um, in, in fact, I, I actually can give an example. Um, uh, last, last session, uh, I think it was like, God, what, what was it, episode five? Were we on six. Episode? It was episode six. It was six? 
episode six of Thirteen Chains. Um, I, I kind of made a, a smart-ass remark to um, Jawa's character about, you know, being a deer and how she has an extended sense of smell and how she, she can smell shit a mile away. Granted, you know, it, it was a very playful joke and it was meant to be seen as such. And e even the player understood that. But, you know, certain things that, you know, I, I'm not going to put their laundry out there. That's not why we're here. Certain things, you know, were were known beforehand. And, you know, I, I even went over and apologized in in between, you know, rounds. And I, I apologized because I was like, hey, look, I wasn't meant to be an asshole comment. You know, it was kind of meant to be that playful, satirical joke that we all do. And, you know, Token was very like, no, I get it. I'm just in, in a, a mood, you know, X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, I, I know, but, you know, I want you to know if you if it was bad and you didn't really like it, you know, I'm not, I, I wasn't meant to be like that. It was meant to be that way. And, you know, everything's hunky-dory. So, you know, sometimes being the bigger person means... You have to take your lumps and say, hey, I fucked up. Sometimes it, it means yeah. saying, hey, you're well, fucking up. Well, Stop sometimes, it. Sometimes respect means being able to say, yeah, I was wrong. Yeah. I'll always help out people who you know need help. Because sometimes people can't say, hey, I need help. Sometimes someone won't say, hey, you know, this is making me really uncomfortable. Please stop. Sometimes you got to say, hey, um, real quick, can we can we stop? You know, X person doesn't look very comfortable about this. And, you know, sometimes I give the, the person the chance to say, no, I'm not really comfortable, or no, it, it's okay, you know, it just, you know, can we, can we kind of be quick about it? And as a DM, you know, you should always get uh, the, the, uh, the consent of players, you know, find out, you know, lists of things that should be avoided with certain people, because not everyone, you know, has the same thing. And, uh, don't, don't be that asshole who, you know, fucks the party over and, and makes every bad thing happen, you know, because you have the power trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, yeah. And, and I, I know as a podcast, you know, this is a very heavy... Uh, a very heavy and, and hard episode for for everyone, uh, especially for for us, you know, as your hosts, because we we have lived through this at some point in our careers. At some point, as a DM, you have this happen. At some point, as a player, you have this happen. And sometimes you know the right thing to say. Sometimes you don't. And it it hurts a lot sometimes to relive some of these memories. I I know Lydia and I have both had one bad experience that 
really made us kind of wary about certain people and when when things happened you know lady and i had to have a very heartfelt and in-depth conversation about yeah you know what was going on and why certain things happened and i mean to this day it, it we don't talk about it but we know that if something like that happens again we've both got each other's back and but even even so i i know in my campaign uh uh we just actually had a a really a really tough moment that uh i think can tie into uh episode three for us and you know maybe maybe this can be our segment way into ending if you guys want i'm not sure how you guys feel about this uh, i know it's been a very tough episode for all of us I'm okay with it. Yeah. Um, Sounds good to me. Alright. Um, the, the, the moment of having a player say some, some pretty, pretty heavy shit, you know, kind of saying saying to another player you know your experiences what, what don't fucking matter where, where literally the outcome of what was said was everyone at the table just finally said no they they have to go yeah yeah look I, i'm not saying you know you have to understand how everyone feels and how everyone needs to you know react to certain things just because you don't have the same experience as someone else doesn't mean you you can say fuck it it doesn't matter e even if you don't mean it literally like that where you're just trying to say hey i fucked up you know all right sorry move on but you don't say it like that and ha having a player do that kind of thing and avoiding things like that in a in a, a game that's supposed to be about inclusivity Sometimes you have to take it and go, look, man, that's that's the line. You, you can't say that you do have to excuse yourself from this game. And if not, I am forcibly removing you because there's there's a line that that you don't cross. And um, I know I. I I'm not going to, you know, mention names, you know. This person, I, I talked with them about, you know, sharing some of their experiences on here. And they they, they were fine with it, you know. They, they want people to understand, you know. It's, it, it's a very hard thing to do. And, uh, Eric, if you're listening, you know. No one knows your real name, buddy. And no one will ever know. Uh, because, it, again... Names have been changed in certain things, and no one knows his real name, or his player name, even. Um, but there's a line, uh, folks, that you, you don't just cross. And when you dismiss someone's experiences, or you make them relive that kind of thing, as a player or a DM... I hate to say it, 
and no, actually, I don't hate to say it, but you you need to reevaluate a lot of it and either stop, stop playing even, or stop stop playing all at, at all in general, and correct the situation. Because when things like that happens, no one has fun. And having problem players like that is... It's not a fun thing. Ever. And, um... I, I guess, you know, instead of hinting at topics for, for part or episode three, you know... I think uh, having the, the problem player discussion next episode is uh, probably something that uh, I think will help, you know, all of us yeah. move on from this. Yeah. And uh, that's probably going to be the episode of nothing but stories, everyone, because everyone's got a problem player story. No you matter know, who you are. Honestly, yeah. And should we open things to people to send us stories? I think we should call the episode Play Stupid Games, Win Stupid Prize Episode 1. Yeah, I mean, problem players and problem stories are, are always going to happen, so, you know, feel mm-hmm. free to, to send us these stories. Like, that's what makes having these kinds of things so funny, is because sometimes the, these are funny stories of problem players, other times it's you know, hey, I have this player who I don't know what to do with. You know, how how do I, you know, take it? And I mean, fifty years of experience, you know, from three different people who come together and and help. You know, and, and, gives you an and idea. Even we sometimes don't know how to deal with problem players. Yeah, like again, the the story that even I just brought up. When it happens, you really don't know how to react. You really don't know what to do. So you go with how things might work best. You stop. You get a question on on a lot of how people feel, and you move on from there. Yeah. Um, And I, I think that this is a wonderful wonderful way to segment to the end yes um, this is a good way to segment to the end and uh i would like to thank our sponsor uh 13 chains brought to you by our own lydia uh 13 chains is a wonderful D D story 13 chains 13 seals uh sometimes we call it 13 chains because it makes it flow off the tongue easier uh, 13 Chains, 13 Seals is a wonderful story about a group of adventurers finding out a cult has been in their town and their efforts to stop said cult and how it affects them. You can view the entire series of 13 Chains on YouTube.com for Lydia Tempesta because that is where she's putting all of our VODs for it. You can also catch it live every Friday at uh, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 6.30 p.m. Central Time, a 5.30 Mountain Time, and 4.30 Pacific Time. 
you can catch myself as Alex, the wonderful stealth bastard who everyone loves. You can catch Red as the wonderful, wonderful Doravan, our healer who, who keeps everyone alive. Uh, you can catch us with Token, to Token as Jawa, the uh, Servitar uh, Witch. You can catch us with Demon as Shezzy, the Ratfolk uh, Gunslinger Artificer mix? Pretty it's, close. Uh, in, it's something Shezzy, like that. one who goes boom. Yes, Shezzy, the explosive uh, <laughs> Ratfolk. You can also catch us with... Uh, Freykeeper yeah. as Koran, the, the Koran. wonderful, wonderful tank of our party, the barbarian who uh, might have feelings for Alex. We don't know yet. We're, we're finding that one out. Uh, and you yeah. can catch us with Nathan as the wonderful Ramel. Why do I feel like I'm forgetting someone? I don't know, but I feel like nope, it's that, you. That's six. That's six players. That is six. Yeah. That, no, 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 I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting the most important person. Our wonderful, wonderful storyteller, DM, and writer of said campaign, Lydia. Who, guys, oh, gals, non-binary. Oh, yeah. She has some oh, fucking. Oh. Like, really, guys, I cannot suggest you watching this campaign as it unfolds. We, we just finished episode 6, and uh, when this airs, we should have finished episode 7? Uh, no, actually, yeah, it, 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 it's Easter week. weekend, I think. Oh, no, yeah, that's... So, this week, you can come watch us play Goblin Rocket Tag. Oh, yeah, that is this weekend. Uh, so, yeah, uh -huh. uh, it's, it's a, a wonderful... Outstanding wins. Yes, um, and I really cannot suggest you guys watching 13 Chains, 13 Seals enough. It is a wonderful, wonderful story. It is a wonderful campaign. The, the world, the, the intense role play between characters and, and even, even people, you know, coming to learn about Pathfinder and, and tabletop RPGs in general. Um, you know, we, we have an amazing cast and crew. Um, again, an amazing storyline, amazing characters, amazing NPCs, and if you are really new to both learning how to run a game and learning to get into a game, I cannot suggest starting off with this game. I really can't. Uh, and with that, uh, it's time for our final statements. Uh, I would like to start the roundtable off with Lydia. What, uh, any any final statements for tonight uh, on inclusivity? <sighs> I will say this. It is one of the most important things to make your players feel comfortable. As to note with my campaign, our Servine Centaur is a completely homebrew race for my setup. I looked at the original Pathfinder Centaur and said that is way too powerful, so I nerfed it. But what we got was an entire new race of centaurs from my, well, from our wonderful tokens, uh, homebrewing work. Yeah. I look forward to reading the full document. Please stop. 
and I'll leave it there. All right, uh, red. Blue. Yellow. Green. Orange. Purple. Brown. I need the. I win. I've already won. I got the good colors. Ah, yeah, yeah, kind of. You, you know, it's the one color you didn't get. I got blue, green. I got blue, green, and purple. Those are the ones that matter. Yeah, but red and Haymatic and burgundy and maroon. All the fun colors. I got the warm colors. You didn't. I I got the colors I like. So did I. I give a fake less <laughs> about the colors. So, uh, is there anything about inclusivity you would like to add? Uh... Everyone is welcome as long as they're willing to welcome everyone. That's a good way to put it. That is a good way. All right. And remember, guys, gals, non-binary pals, if it's anything less than a yes, it's a no. It's a no. <laughs> Definitely, you know, try again, uh, the, the, these... These podcasts are not, you know, us telling you what you're doing wrong. It's not us telling you, you know, you're doing it right. These are us, you know, coming together as GMs of almost 50 years coming in and saying, hey, you know, we've noticed these problems or, hey, these things work really well in my game. You know, maybe you can add these to yours. These are these are ways we want to offer up ideas and ways to help you take your gaming group and game to hmm. the next level, in fact. And I would like to propose this as we end. Once a month, a single, like, or once every couple months, maybe through Patreon eventually, we look at a piece of homebrew content that someone wants to look at. Talk about the benefits, the disadvantages, the disadvantages, the places where it could be made more playable and not broken. Yeah, I mean, if you guys want to start sending in suggestions, uh, I know I myself have uh, homebrewed several things. In fact, I am working I'm on... I'm currently working on my own project that I may offer up for the first session. Most of what I do is homebrew. Yeah, uh, I have several classes that I've been working on. Uh, I also have been homebrewing a magic uh, system variant and uh, an RPG in itself. So with that, you know, I would like to say thank you guys for coming over so much. Thank you, Red. Thank you, Leah, for both, you know, coming out and, you know, doing what you guys do best with me. You know, talking about the game, talking about, you know, how to help each other and, you know, how to make uh, D&D, Pathfinder, really tabletop uh, RPGs and RPGs a, a wonderful and inclusive place. And I would like to bless all of our players and listeners with the 20s that they deserve and that they need every time. This is Dracus, Lydia, and Redwood signing off. Bye-bye.